Welcome to episode 156 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler, and I'm Josh Legler, and this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles. Follow us on a whim to the land of crispy crust and creamy mozzarella, where the sauce is rich and spicy, and the toppings are bountiful and varied. We're gonna make pizza. This episode is for everyone, from the kitchen challenged to the culinary adventurers. So set aside your freeze-dried, sweet and sour, textured vegetable protein, and let's make pizza. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first forty miles. Well, today's episode is all about pizza. Why pizza? <laughs> Because pizza is amazing, and I think it's one of those things that everyone gets a craving for on the trail. And it's not just one of those things that you can get in a freeze-dried meal. That would be funny. Can you imagine a package of freeze-dried pizza? Right. Yeah. Just add water. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to come out well. So, in order to make pizza on the trail, you do have to be a little bit creative and inventive. So, we have some ideas for you today that will help you to bring pizza on the trail, including for the Summit Gear review today. We will be reviewing an oven so you can have oven-baked, authentic pizza at your campsite. And we're sort of conceding the point here that if you're going to take this backpacking oven and do pizza. On a backpacking trip, you are signing up to carry a little extra weight. You're going to carry a remote fuel stove, like the MSR Whisper Light that we reviewed last week, and you're going to carry this oven that、uh, is a pound or so, and you're going to carry all the ingredients for your pizza as well, and probably some utensils to put it together. Yeah, but we'll walk you through the process. It'll be fun and it'll be easy, and we'll have hot, fresh, crispy oven-baked pizza at the end. But we also have some other options if you just want kind of a, a cheater's pizza, still just as satisfying and just as cheesy and delicious. But we'll have options for everyone. My dad always said that Boy Scouts have three rules about food: that is, never eat anything that's bigger than your head, never eat anything with tomatoes, and never eat anything that looks like roadkill. And pizza breaks all three rules. Well, should we get on with the baking? Yeah. Well, you've already done some prep. Do you want to explain what you've done? So we've oiled up a couple pans. We have the dough rising in them, and we have them covered with toppings, and we're ready to put them in the oven. And by the end of this episode, we will have fresh baked pizza. There are lots of great reasons to eat pizza on the trail. It's、okay. a high calorie food. Oh, that, that's true. Yeah. It's easy to pack. It's good, hot or cold. I'll agree with that. There are infinite variations that you could do as far as toppings, cheese, crust, sauce, and it's one of those comfort foods that no matter where you are, pizza is always going to be the right answer. <laughs> and it's just one of those whims that you got on that you had to try. I had to try it. That's like the episode we did all about pancakes. It was a pancake whim. Yeah, I, but the whole episode was about cooking pancakes and how we did it, and the stove and cook set that we used, and well, 
two pancake recipes ended up in the trail fuel book. That's right. You know, that's in spite of my tirade <laughs> on, what was it, episode two, I think, where... <laughs> You are definitely anti-pancake. I haven't gotten that vibe from you as far as pizza goes. You don't seem like an anti-pizza kind of guy. You seem very broad-minded when it comes to pizza. Well, I don't know if we ever specifically talked about cooking pizza on the trail, and that has its challenges, but we did it. Of course, we did it with an oven. We did bring <laughs> I mean, an oven. Yeah, so we had to pack some extra weight to make that happen. And so in that sense, it was a luxury. And we decided, yeah, we're going to take the Bemco Backpacker oven to cook these pizzas because that's just what we want to do. And not everyone's going to want to do that. But you may still want to enjoy... Um, the flavor of pizza. Right, a good slice on the trail. So how are we going to make that happen for everyone? So in today's top five list, the top five ways to enjoy pizza on the trail, only one of these ways involves cooking a pizza. And the number one way, Josh, I'm going to hand this one off to you because this is your this is your backpack hack. I've seen you use this one a few times. I have, and that's just to pick up the pizza on your way to the trail. Just stop at the pizza place and order a pizza and stick it in your car and finish driving to the trailhead, and you've got hot pizza on the trail. It's that easy. I did it uh, just a few months ago. It was towards the end of last school year, and I had a quick overnight trip with our sons that was fairly close to home, and it was after school. So you don't have a ton of time. By the time you drive out there and set up, you don't really feel like spending the rest of your evening cooking dinner. So we stopped at the pizza place on the way out of town, picked up a couple pizzas, and drove to the campsite. It was that easy. So this is a great hack for overnight or spontaneous trips. And then even if you're going to backpack it in a mile or two, the box is usually burnable. It's cardboard. Yeah, I just, the sidewaysness might be a problem. You would, have to, you would have to do something about that. Maybe balance it on your head. Yeah, stick it up at the top of your pack and strap it on somehow. Yeah, you would find a way to make it work. I know you would. I would. <laughs> Well, the number two way to enjoy pizza on the trail is to do cold pre-packed pizza. Pizza freezes really well, so next time you have pizza for dinner, just save a few slices in the freezer for your next overnight trip. So you could either eat it cold or you could heat it over a flame or in a small pan. We like to make something called pizza rolls, and it's just our favorite cinnamon roll recipe. But instead of putting cinnamon and sugar inside, we put pizza sauce and cheese inside and then roll it up and slice it just like you would cinnamon rolls. And then we let it rise and bake it. And it smells just like a fresh pizza coming out of the oven. But there are these perfect little swirly disks of pizza that are the perfect serving size and they're not messy. Calzones are another popular way to go because they are a self-contained pizza. All the toppings are inside, and so that makes it kind of mess-free, and that works really well on the trail, too. The number three way to enjoy pizza on the trail is pizza-flavored snacks. So crackers with pepperoni and maybe some pepper jack cheese and a little squeeze tube of tomato paste. That makes a mini pizza, so you get that flavor without having to turn on the oven. The number four way to enjoy pizza on the trail is to have certain components of the pizza pre-made. Think about the trickiest part of a pizza to make. 
I would say it's the doe. Yeah, that's the messiest. Yeah, it's just really hard on the trail. So what if instead of the dough, you use a tortilla? And then you have all the toppings, the pepperoni, the cheese, the tomato sauce. But you've taken care of that really tricky one with an acceptable substitute. And so that, in fact, made it into the trail fuel book. That's one of the dinner recipes. Uh, you called it pizza dia? Pizza dilla? Pizza dia. <laughs> pizza dia. <laughs> or mashing up Italian and Spanish there. You could also do it with a pita. So then we'd be mixing Italian and Greek. Yeah, and I think for this, as long as the cheese melts, you're good. The number five way to enjoy pizza on the trail is from scratch in an oven. Now, this is the most authentic home-style way, and some people go out of their way to have culinary experiences like this on the trail. And it definitely takes some planning, some extra gear, and a little bit of tinkering. And ultimately, the benefit that comes from baking from scratch is that you have 100% control over the ingredients. So this is a good option for people who like 100% control. <laughs> so we made our pizza with whole wheat crust, and we made homemade pizza sauce, and we used real whole fat mozzarella. And then we even tried some experimental vegan pepperoni on top. I know we used real cheese and fake meat. <laughs> It's like a flexitarian pizza. And when you're already putting in this much work to have a culinary experience, this is where you want to bring out the big guns. You want to bring the fresh mushrooms and the zucchini and the red pepper and the olives and really just load this pizza up. And when you take that first bite, ah. Pizza's pretty great already. And then remembering the fact that, that there's just this rule that everything tastes better when you're backpacking. And so when you add that into it, you'll have the most amazing pizza you've ever eaten if it's a pizza that you cook on a backpacking trip. Oh, and last week's episode, we talked about bugs. What about that as a pizza topping? Sure, yeah, a few crickets on top or <laughs> ants. They'll get stuck in the cheese and then you can cook them. And... Nice. Okay, maybe we'll just stick to the vegetables. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Bemco Backpacker Oven. We're reviewing the 7-inch oven, which is the smallest of the backpacker ovens. The backpacker oven is made of lightweight aluminum, and it's really easy to assemble. You just need to follow the directions, of course. It looks like it would just be intuitive, but there are a couple little tricky parts where you have to stick things together just right so that it won't fall apart while you're making your pizza. The door of this backpacker oven opens just like an oven door, and then it has a little latch to keep the door from falling open. Inside the oven, you'll find two shelves, and then below the shelf is a little plate. What is that plate for? You must be asking me. Hello, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sheet of aluminum down near the bottom of the oven that sits just above the stove that you're going to use to keep this oven hot. And so it acts as a diffuser to make sure that the heat from the stove doesn't just rise up the center of the oven right to that first rack and completely burn whatever's on the first rack and hardly cook whatever's on the top rack. So by having that sheet of aluminum down there, it diffuses the heat and it forces the heat to go up the outside. Well, inside the outside. Outside the inside? <laughs> 
It circulates around the pizzas perfectly. Yeah, it causes the heat to go up the walls of the oven, right? Inside the walls of the oven, rather than just going up the middle. The top of the oven on the outside can also be used to help keep the food warm while food inside the oven is baking. Also, at the very top of the oven, there's a vent hole, so you can really adjust, micro-adjust the temperature inside the oven. Although I say micro-adjust, that was one thing we had a little bit of a tricky time figuring out. We'll talk about that a little bit in the trial section. For utility, this oven comes with a screw-in thermometer, which you will need. When you order the backpacker oven, you can either order it by itself or you can order it with a couple pans. Ours came with a couple pans. One was a six inch deep dish pan. And so you can either make pizza in that or you can use it for cakes or really big muffins. The other pan was a shallow round six inch pan and that was just for pizza. Well, I guess you could also cook a cookie in there too, like a <laughs> six inch cookie. The oven also came with straps and it came with a user guide that had some recipes in it. You can also order a gripper, like a pot gripper, and you can order a stuff sack separately. I would recommend the stuff sack for sure, unless you're handy with a sewing machine and can just make it yourself. Uh, the gripper, I don't know if that's totally necessary, but you do need something that you can use to touch hot things. So either bring a silicone grabber or a uh, some kind of hot pad or use your bandana, the whole oven gets hot and everything inside the oven gets hot. So you're going to need a way to open up the oven door without burning yourself. For mass, the oven by itself weighs 24 ounces. With the pans included, it's about 32 ounces. The oven is about seven and a half inches square by about 12 inches tall. So it really doesn't take up much room at all. And then when you compress it all down, it's maybe about an inch and a half thick. For maintenance, you'll just need to read the instructions for how to put it together. And then putting it away doesn't really need instructions, although there is a right way that everything goes together. But as long as it all fits in the stuff sack, you're probably okay. And then before you put it away, check the inside of the oven. If something dribbled over, then take a minute after the oven has cooled down completely to clean it off before it goes into your pack. Right. Or do the self-cleaning oven thing <laughs> where uh, you take all the food out and you turn the stove up to high and just let the oven get really hot and carbonize whatever leaked and dripped in there. Then after the stove cools down, you can just scrape it off. Also, the oven comes with straps to keep it all together in your pack. So you don't have to use a stuff sack, but you will most likely want a stuff sack. Yeah, I think the stuff sack is great for a couple of reasons. One is it protects the rest of the contents of your pack from any sharp edges from folding up the backpacker oven. And I think it also protects the rest of the stuff in your pack from soot that may have uh, collected inside the oven. Right, or lingering oils that are kind of stuck to the walls of the oven, definitely. For investment, the 7-inch backpacker oven is $40.00. And that's the version that doesn't include the pans. If you want the pans with the oven, then that one is $50. Hey, that's way cheaper than the oven in our kitchen. I know. We should start using this oven. Also, the oven in our kitchen takes like 20 minutes to heat up. This oven takes about 90 seconds to heat up. Although we can't use white gas inside of our kitchen. So we'll have to start cooking outside. Yeah. 
And we can only cook small stuff. Yeah, a little No stuff. turkeys. <laughs> right. Cornish game hens, yes. Yeah. Yep. Hey, it's a good idea for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. That would be so cool. We seem to get on this kick every Thanksgiving about doing a backpacking trip and having Thanksgiving on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> so this oven has opened some new opportunities for that. It really has. This is starting to sound good. Well, for trial, this oven has two shelves and they can both be used at the same time, but you'll probably want to switch the two pizzas so they can brown evenly. The bottom one got a little bit more crispy and browned than the top one, so we ended up switching after about 10 minutes. Uh, we ended up cooking four pizzas total in this oven and we actually didn't set the timer. We just kind of kept peeking in and you know, how's it doing? Oh, it looks bubbly and oh, the crust looks all browned. And so we kind of did it by feel. You can definitely set a timer, but um, you can also just kind of maybe relax a little bit, cook intuitively and see how it works. Because I think you'll have a lot of success with intuitive cooking with this oven. Backpacking is a good opportunity to learn things like that, where you just say, yeah, I don't have to have a clock for everything. I can just, I can smell it. Right. I can see it when the cheese is bubbly, the crust is looking a little bit browned. It's ready. And we didn't have any issues with burned crust or anything. The pans that it comes with are high quality pans. So they're thick enough that you're not going to have issues with burnt crust. But we did season those pans. Didn't we season them before we went? We did. Yes. So part of the instructions that come with this backpacker oven is that you're supposed to season these aluminum pans. And the seasoning process is kind of like with a Dutch oven. You coat it with uh, like Crisco or oil, and then you put it in your oven for a long time. I've had the best success with seasoning aluminum by using high temperatures. It basically plasticizes the oil. So you end up with this really kind of slick, plasticky coating on your pans. Something else I read online said to keep them in the oven, like a low temperature oven. But I did that and nothing happened. The Crisco melted and that was it. Hmm. So high temperature, like 475, 500, your house will smoke up. But you'll have really great pans afterwards and they'll be all marbled and uh, brown. They'll look like they've been around since like the 1950s. They will look authentic. But that seasoning makes such a huge difference. That's going to be the difference between whether you're able to actually get the pizza out of the pan when you're done cooking it. Yeah. And that was, I would not say that was one of our huge issues. We were able to get the pizza out of our pan, but we did not rely completely on the, uh, the pre-seasoning. We did use oil. And if you're really nervous about being able to get your pizza out, bring parchment paper, or you could season your pan several times before leaving the house just to make sure there's a nice coating on there. But definitely, if you're going to be baking, use oil or use parchment paper. Don't just rely on the nonstick coating of the pre-seasoned pan. So one of the reasons that this oven is so lightweight is because it's not insulated like a home oven, which means that the entire oven gets NASA hot while it's baking. So you will need to bring along something to uh, open up the oven door and to get your pizzas out of the oven. So whether that's a little silicone grabber or a little bandana or something, 
you will need to have something that's heatproof. I wanted to talk about temperature regulation because that was something that we were kind of tinkering with the whole time. The Bemco backpacker oven relies on two mechanisms to regulate the temperature. One is the backpacking stove that you're using, and you can turn that up or down. And the other is the vent at the top of the oven. You can open and close that vent to allow more heat to escape or to keep the heat in. So it's nice to have the vent uh, because sometimes you need to use both methods to get this dialed in. The stove is tricky because because of the stove, <laughs> not really because of the oven, but we used the MSR Whisper Light that we reviewed in last week's episode as our stove. The Bemco Backpacker Oven cannot be used with uh, one of those all-in-one stoves that screw onto a butane canister. The fuel has to be remote. In other words, it has to be outside of the oven, and only the stove, where the flame is, can be inside the oven. Well, interesting thing about the Whisper Light is as you turn it down low and then you turn it all the way off, I think it still burns for about 10 or 15 seconds before it goes out. So what that means is whenever you adjust it a little higher or a little lower, but especially a little lower, there is a delay of 10 or 15 seconds on that adjustment. So you start out with the stove, you light it, you turn it up high because you want to get your backpacker oven up to temperature and you see the temperature rising, and that's great. And as it starts getting up to the 400 degrees or whatever you want for your baking, you start turning the stove down, and the temperature keeps rising. <laughs> and you turn it down a little further and a little further, and then pretty soon the stove goes out. <laughs> and you're like, whoops, I turned it down too far. So you light the stove again, and you try to find that low, low point on the stove that's still a sustainable, consistent low point where you haven't accidentally completely turned it off and are just using up fuel in the line, you still want some fuel coming out. And so that was a little tricky for us, but we got the hang of it over time. And uh, I think especially on our second round of pizzas, we really got it dialed in pretty well, where we had it going really about as low as the stove would go, and it was holding at 400. And because we had a mostly full fuel tank, we had to pressurize the fuel canister frequently while we were baking. Uh, we baked for, I don't know, maybe about 20 minutes or so. So during that time, we had to maybe pump it I don't know, three or four. Every, yeah, every five minutes or so, we yeah. had to pump the fuel bottle to bring it back up to a good pressure. If the fuel bottle had less fuel in it, then we wouldn't need to pump as often because there would be more room for that air that we're pumping in. And, and as the fuel got burned, the amount of air volume wouldn't change relatively speaking, as much. But when you only have a couple inches of airspace at the top of the bottle, then every bit of fuel that gets burned is increasing the amount of airspace that's available by quite a bit, relatively speaking. And that diminishes the air pressure. So that was a, we had to constantly remind ourselves, oh, it's been a few minutes, we better give this another 20 pumps. So you were talking earlier about having to kind of adjust the temperature of the oven by turning the stove up and down and kind of trying to find that sweet spot. That's kind of like what your home oven does. It doesn't stay at 350 degrees the entire time. It's fluctuating in a range of temperatures. And as long as it's kind of in that window, you are 
probably okay. So for those of you who are thinking, oh no, I can't get it to stay on 350 degrees. It's going, you know, 50 below, 50 above. My pizza will be ruined. It's okay. As long as it's within 100 degrees, it's probably okay. Yeah, our pizzas were fine and, and would have been fine anywhere between 350 and 450. And in fact, the temperature did fluctuate that much. We got better. So I think in the second round, it stayed closer to 400. But uh, yeah, a little high, a little low. Right. No big deal. And even if it gets down to 250, your pizza is still going to cook, but it probably won't brown. Mm. It'll just end up cooking, but being boring. Yeah, it won't have that depth of flavor that you get when you cook at high temperatures. That's okay. You can always finish it high, right? That's right. Cook it 250 for 10 minutes and then crank it. Yeah. That works too. <laughs> well, you can bake anything in this oven that you can bake in a home oven. You can make lasagna. You can do those refrigerator tubed cinnamon rolls. You can do biscuits, birthday cake, wedding cake for a very small, intimate wedding. You can do quick breads. Just get creative with this oven. It's so funny to think of the idea of bringing an oven out backpacking. But this oven makes it possible. It's really a lot lighter than I anticipated it would be. And it compresses down to a really manageable size. And we'll have the link to the Bemco Backpacker Oven in today's show notes. And you can find those at thefirst40miles.com slash 156. Okay, it's been about 15 minutes or so. Did it work? Yeah, the bottom is perfect. The top is perfect. It looks really crispy. I think if I were to do this over, which I think we are going to make another couple pizzas this afternoon, I would use more oil because there's a little bit of stickiness at the bottom and on the sides. And then everything is browned so nicely. And then even though we had some issues kind of maintaining heat and trying to figure out how high to turn up the stove and how much ventilation we should give the oven, it was easy to turn up the heat on the oven. We had two ways of controlling the heat. One was to turn the stove up and down, and the other was to open and close the vent at the top of the oven. My goodness, the cheese is gooey. Huh. Looks good. This is you really need a plate. cool. Oh, you brought plates. And a napkin. Oh, thank you. Okay, we're going to eat our pizza now. For today's backpack hack of the week, pepperoni. But this isn't just any pepperoni. This is buzzword pepperoni. Buzzword pepperoni. <laughs> this is gluten-free vegan pepperoni. And I started playing around with some kind of plant-based stuff recently and kind of gave myself a challenge to be able to make pepperoni with plant-based ingredients that didn't repulse my family. This actually works. So you will need one cup of oats, and that's any kind of oats, a fourth cup of ground flaxseed, a fourth cup of nutritional yeast, a fourth cup of tomato paste, a fourth cup of water, two teaspoons of salt, two teaspoons of liquid smoke, a teaspoon of ground black pepper, and a teaspoon of garlic powder. Don't worry, we'll have that ingredient list in today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 156. So to make this pepperoni, you just want to mix all the ingredients in a medium bowl and stir until combined. Then divide the dough in half and place each half on a piece of parchment paper or aluminum foil. And then using the parchment paper or wet fingers, kind of shape the dough into a log 
that's approximately six to eight inches long. You don't want it any longer than the pot that you'll be cooking it in. Otherwise, it won't fit. And it'll be the diameter of pepperoni, maybe about an inch. Yeah. So once the dough is shaped, wrap the parchment paper around the dough and twist the ends of the parchment paper tightly and fold them under. At this point, there are two different ways that you can cook this pepperoni. I cooked mine in an electric pressure cooker, so I just put one cup of water in the bottom of the pressure cooker, and I put the steamer tray inside, and then I set the wrapped pepperoni on that tray, and I cooked it on high pressure for 15 minutes. And then you just take the pepperoni out and unwrap it slightly so the steam escapes and the pepperoni has a chance to cool down before you put it in the refrigerator. The other option is to use a double boiler on the stove and steam the wrapped pepperoni for 45 minutes. The great thing about this pepperoni, it's the closest thing that you can get to pepperoni without all the fat, the nitrates, the additives. It's pretty darn close and it's good. Our vegan listeners are going to love this recipe. they got to try it for sure. But all of our meat-eating listeners are going to love this recipe too. This recipe has been good enough that it has become a staple topping of pizzas in our house. It slices up a little thicker than pepperoni. It's not quite that paper-thin uh, slice that you get. And it comes out really good. Yeah, the flavor is great. It's the liquid smoke that's the secret, really. And that nutritional yeast. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if you want it to be a little more spicy, you could probably add like a teaspoon of red pepper flakes, and that would be so good. I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from Robert Lind. And this is from the Blue Lion from 1923. He said, Long walks with a pack on one's back are necessary in time of war, but I do not see why a man should go on marching in times of peace. I understand what he's trying to say, but my first reaction to this quote was, we're always at war. Whether it's like a personal battle or uh, some cause that you believe in strongly, I think long walks with a pack on one's back are necessary in time of war, and I think even in times of peace, we'll go on marching. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too cheesy? Yeah. <laughs> Can't be too cheesy in a pizza episode. It's not possible to be too cheesy <laughs> in a pizza episode. Oh, all right, here it comes. More peppy. Pepperoni. Dough. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, this episode is going to be cheesy. You're awesome. Go. <laughs> oh.